Chapter 5 of The Way of Perfection by St. Teresa of Avila. This is a Discerning Hearts recording read by Chris McGregor. The Way of Perfection by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated and edited by E. Allison Pierce. May the Lord grant for His Majesty's own sake that no one in this house shall experience the trials that I have described or find herself oppressed in this way in soul and body. I hope the superior will never be so intimate with the confessor that no one will dare to say anything about him to her or her to him. For this will tempt unfortunate penitents to leave very grave sins unconfessed because they will feel uncomfortable about confessing them. God help me, what trouble the devil can make here and how dearly people have to pay for their miserable worries and concern about honor. If they consult only one confessor, they think they are acting in the interests of their order and for the greater honor of their convent. And that is the way the devil lays his snares for souls when he can find no other. If the poor sisters ask for another confessor, they are told that this would mean the complete end of all the discipline in the convent. And if he is not a priest of their order, even though he be a saint, they are led to believe that they would be disgracing their entire order by consulting him. Give great praise to God, daughters, for this liberty that you have, for though there are not a great many priests whom you can consult, there are a few, other than your ordinary confessors, who can give you light upon everything. I beg every superior, for the love of the Lord, to allow a holy liberty here. Let the bishop or provincial be approached for leave for the sisters to go from time to time beyond their ordinary confessors and talk about their souls with persons of learning, especially if the confessors, though good men, have no learning. For learning is a great help in giving light upon everything. It should be possible to find a number of people who can combine both learning and spirituality. And the more favors the Lord grants you in prayer, the more needful is it that your good works and your prayers should have a sure foundation. You already know that the first stone of this foundation must be a good conscience, and that you must make every effort to free yourselves from even venial sins and follow the greatest possible perfection. You might suppose that any confessor would know this, but you would be wrong. It happened that I had to go about matters of conscience to a man who had taken a complete course in theology. And he did me a great deal of mischief by telling me that certain things were of no importance. I know that he had no intention of deceiving me, or any reason for doing so. It was simply that he knew no better. And in addition to this instance, I have met with two or three similar ones. Everything depends on our having true light to keep the law of God perfectly. This is a firm basis for prayer. But without this strong foundation, the whole building will go awry. In making their confessions, then, the nuns must be free to discuss spiritual matters with such persons as I have described. I will even go farther and say that they should sometimes do, as I have said, even if their confessor has all these good qualities, for he may quite easily make mistakes, 
and it is a pity that he should be the cause of their going astray. They must try, however, never to act in any way against obedience, for they will find ways of getting all the help they need. It is of great importance to them that they should, and so they must make every possible effort to do so. All this that I have said has to do with the superior. Since there are no consolations but spiritual ones to be had here, I would beg her once again to see that the sisters get these consolations, for God leads his handmaidens by different ways, and it is impossible that one confessor should be acquainted with them all. I assure you that if your souls are as they ought to be, there is no lack of holy persons who will be glad to advise and console you, even though you are poor. For he who sustains our bodies will awaken and encourage someone to give light to our souls, and thus this evil of which I am so much afraid will be remedied. For if the devil should tempt the confessor with the result that he leads you astray on any point of doctrine, he will go slowly and be more careful about all he is doing when he knows that the penitent is also consulting others. If the devil is permitted from entering convents in this way, I hope in God that he will never get into this house at all. So, for the love of the Lord, I beg whoever is bishop to allow the sisters this liberty, and not to withdraw it so long as the confessors are persons both of learning and of good lives, a fact which will soon come to be known in a little place like this. In what I have said here, I am speaking from experience of the things I have seen and heard in many convents and gathered from conversation with learned and holy people who have considered what is most fitting for this house so that it may advance in perfection. Among the perils which exist everywhere for as long as life lasts, we shall find that this is the least. No vicar should be free to go in and out of the convent and no confessor should have this freedom either. They are there to watch over the recollectedness and good living of the house and its progress in both interior and exterior matters, so that they may report to the superiors whenever needful, but they are never to be superiors themselves. As I say, excellent reasons have been found why, everything considered, this is the best course and why, if any priest hears confessions frequently, it should be the chaplain. But if the nuns think it necessary, they can make their confessions to such persons as have been described, provided the superior is informed of it, and the prioress is such that the bishop can trust her discretion. As there are very few nuns here, this will not take up much time. This is our present practice and it is not followed merely on my advice. Our present bishop, Don Alvario de Mendoza, under whose obedience we live, since for many reasons we have not been placed under the jurisdiction of the order, is greatly attached to holiness and the religious life, and besides being of the most noble extraction, he is a great servant of God. He is always very glad to help this house in every way, and to this very end he brought together persons of learning, spirituality, and experience, and this decision was then come to. It will be only right 
that future superiors should conform to his opinion, since it has been decided on by such good men, and after so many prayers to the Lord, that he would enlighten them in every possible way, which, so far, as we can at present see, he has certainly done. May the Lord be pleased to promote the advancement of this to his greater glory. Amen.